This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, After Buzzers, welcome to an all new Twin Peaks after show here at After Buzz TV. Tonight, we're going to be breaking down season three, part eight, titled Got a Light. This is going to be an interesting one, guys, so stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hey everyone, thank you again for tuning into our Twin Peaks After Show here at After Buzz TV. I'm your host, Sam Davidson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at SamD43. We've got the so-called expert of Twin Peaks right next to me. <laughs> who, who calls me that? You know the people on the internet, Lex. Just, oh, those those guys. Yes, I like those, those guys. guys. I know. Introduce yourself. I am Lex Michael. This is the well. Drink deep and descend, kids. I am all over social media <laughs> at the Lex Michael. I uh, got a light. Got a light. <laughs> I'm Michael Shirley, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Michael X Shirley. Well, I might have a light. Hey, you can find me everywhere at Lisa Mason Lee. And guys, don't forget to follow AfterBuzz TV at AfterBuzz TV and all social media platforms. We have Lisa in the live chat for all of us to put our broken brains together <laughs> for tonight's episode. So, okay, before we break it down, in three words, what would you say tonight's episode uh, made you feel? Three words? Three words. Oh boy, what? <laughs> okay, good one. I wrote, I love it, I love it, I love it. Okay. Chi is off. <laughs> I guess mine is what the F, basically, is what's happening. I was watching this thinking, I wish I could watch this a million times for you guys and try to figure out what is actually happening. But I don't think anyone knows what's happening. I feel like we can speculate quite a bit. And, and maybe even if we're being very generous to ourselves, we can call it <laughs> informed speculation. But I feel like, at least for my part... That's going to be the best I can do tonight is moderately informed speculation. But I do want to say, more than anything else, my big takeaway from this episode, this is a bit like what I was expecting the entire new series to be. I was waiting, like, from the very first episode for it to be this abstract, this inaccessible, this uh, Inland Empire E. David Lynch, this eraser heady. This episode got very eraser heady yes, in certain much. places. But it blew my mind, and it's so it's so wonderful that Showtime gave David Lynch and this team, clearly gave them carte blanche to do whatever it is they wanted to do in a way that you don't see people get the freedom to do on television, no matter what network you're on. So, like, hats off to the entire team and to Showtime as well for giving them that freedom. Yeah, most people probably wouldn't be okay with, like, maybe, what would we, how many minutes of dialogue, maybe, like, two minutes of actual dialogue in the episode? So, yeah, that takes a lot of uh, trust. Yeah, I said 20 pages of dialogue, but I feel like it was probably 12 to 15 pages of dialogue <laughs> at the end of the day. Just a fascinating, crazy piece of television that we don't see this 
ever. Mm-mm. You said you were uh, wanting this, uh, like this kind of abstract Lynchfield. Not necessarily wanting it so much as I assumed. We I assumed yeah. this is more like what we were going to get. I didn't think it was going to be anything like this, but I love that because Razorhead is my favorite David Lynch movie. So I appreciated this episode. And we got we so got some visuals much. that are straight yes, out yes, of Eraserhead. Yes, All of yes. the particles flying around the yeah. black screen, for example, lifted right out of Eraserhead. So yep. that was very cool. A lot of people in the chat are saying that. Not to jump ahead, there's a lot of Sarah Palmer talk. I had okay, so I had this thought as well. This is my my maybe one of my bigger pieces of not even informed, me just taking shots in the dark here, but I think I know what all you guys are talking about, and I think I had the exact same thought as well. But on those lines, I would think if I had to pick which parent it would be, it would be Leland Palmer. Well, guys, I mean, there are so many which way directions we could possibly go, but the episode actually starts with some substance. Yeah, like our only straightforward sequence in the entire episode <laughs> yeah. that then very quickly delves so much deeper under that surface and becomes a big bag of like what what the good God is happening right now. But yes, we do get like five minutes or so yeah. of I can, I can mm-hmm. fairly easily track this. Yeah, fairly easily. You know, we have Dirty Dale... And Ray, as they're leaving from what I'm assuming, you know, at the end of the last episode when he left prison. So they're leaving together and they're talking about tracking a car. They're getting close behind this truck. They throw a phone out the window. One thing leads to another and Ray says to Dirty Dale. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline he thinks he's worth some money so he's not going to tell him these numbers that he has memorized we've seen so many numbers i'm not sure which (laughs) numbers he's talking about but i'm assuming it's one of those and this is also i remember too about midway through the sequence this must be the same ray that we were talking about in episodes past when he was meeting up with other members of his team and we know that uh, dirty cooper had reason to suspect ray of being duplicitous at best so you have to assume to some extent, he would have expected a double cross somewhere, but not so much so that he didn't check that the gun was loaded. It, uh, <laughs> he just assumed he was on top of shit. Right. You know? Excuse my French. I guess. You know what? I say if whatever they can say on the show, we can say. So <laughs> I, It's showtime. They say. I appreciated that they called him, well, that he called, Ray called him Mr. Cooper. Mr. Cooper. Mm-hmm. Yes. I so, really liked that. Well, it helped me think, okay... So maybe this guy is actually going by Dale Cooper now. Yeah, and I mean, we have, we didn't even really get any, we didn't get any Dougie this episode, which is shocking. I'm fine with that. I'm fine. I was he's gotten a little over A lot that. of Dougie learning. I mean, could you imagine him trying to read? You know, he's oh just, <laughs> oh, it's like Dougie in kindergarten. So, he just draws. <laughs> exactly. I mean, listen, he's a savant, okay? He's way beyond <laughs> his years. But we see Dirty Dale, and again, I, I did like that they called him Cooper, and that Cooper is worth a lot of money. So is it Cooper that they're really looking for? Is it the doppelganger? And who is they? Uh, those are all of my questions. As I don't think Cooper's important, because they tried to kill him. Right. But let's get into trying to kill him. So Ray shoots Dirty Dale, 
and then you know he's about to die and what are what are we calling them again the woodsmen mm-hmm. yeah the zombie woodsmen the zo- yeah so when michael and i were watching we called them ghost gypsy i called hobo zombie gypsy ghosts hobo, hobo zombie gypsy ghosts <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. our prog band yeah until we found the credits which called them the woodsmen yes. so we know that these people are actually the woodsmen that have been spoken of before. so scary I loved it. Oh, so and and we were talking about this just before we went live. It didn't really occur to me till the past week or so. But if we are meant to understand that these guys are called the Woodsmen, it reminds me of Jurgen Prochnow's character from Firewalk with Me. Mm-hmm. When you get Philip Jeffries in the office talking about, I've been to one of their meetings, and we get this weird <laughs> sequence of all of the Black Lodge uh, denizens having a meeting uh, ostensibly above a convenience store. But one of the guys in that scene, Jurgen Prochnow who's just sitting there. I think he does like the weird reverse knee clap. He looks very much like a lumberjack or a woodsman. So I, I keyed into that connection. So I guess there are more of him. Maybe he's the head guy and he gets to hang out with all the other head guys above <laughs> the convenience store while all the other woodsmen have to mill about in the convenience store. But like again, there... And wasn't Bobby... Wasn't the convenience store owned by a Bobby and a Mike that ended up being I know the one-armed in, man? In the original show, I know nowhere. that Philip Gerard, the one-armed man, talks about how right. when he and Mike were partners, or when he and Bob, rather, were partners and they were killing together, they did live above a convenience store. I think that, that's that got to be something. And now, well, that has to be, for sure, the dark evil that Hawk talks about living in the forest that no one really knows yeah. what it is. This is clearly that. It is. And I mean, they're different creatures. They're, they're definitely not alive. They're Because they are transparent, literally. They're ghosts of some sort. So they're not some kind of creature, is what I'm assuming. You never know. I'm just putting but this all like together. But I feel like we did get that. We know what this evil in the woods is, and we haven't known that for 25 years. I want to know more. This is not uh, justice. What, years. what we see is, like, Ray turns on Mr. Cooper, shoots him, and, and is going to leave him for dead. But before he has the opportunity to flee the scene, we get this horde of these ghostly woodsmen. <laughs> reviving him. Reviving him, but I, before he yeah. revives, they're like digging at his guts. Yeah, and they're wiping blood all over his face. Yeah, it's... It seemed it, a bit satanic, huh? And Demonic. Mm, yes. And, Is that why you're wearing red tonight, I don't Lisa? know. You know, I had a whole different outfit planned. I swear to you guys. Like <laughs> I said, the I devil was, whispered I, in I, your my ear. She was all centered. <laughs> and then after I watched this episode, I was just like, different outfit. I don't know. I was feeling totally you're different. You're trying to have a lighter vibe after all of that. I'm I don't scared. know, man. I'm very scared of you <laughs> right now. Well, I just want to give a shout out to the Nine Inch Nails. Oh, we hell yeah. What... I'm trying to pick up significance off of everything, and I think this was just like David Lynch going, "Hey, music break." No, did she Lost say Highway? The they were on the Lost Highway yes. soundtrack. Lost Highway, of course, but yeah. still, what did it have to do exactly with our well, plot? I thought that the it was a, had such a strong reference to Lost Highway because right after you see them driving off, kind of like on this lost little highway where he goes and shoots mm-hmm. Dale, then we start hearing this music, and it's kind of like. I don't know. I feel like it's that's what that was. Some sort of little like tip of the hat. Yeah, like I I see you fans of my yeah. movies. I really like too that the MC. We were talking about this before we came into the studios. Well, the MC introduces them not as Nine Inch Nails, the Nine Inch Nails, the Nine Inch Nails, <laughs> and in the credits 
the whole band at the end, the way that they've been crediting the bands uh-huh. in every episode, they're credited as the, in quotation marks, Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> I noticed that on uh, the chromatics, because uh, I was looking them up mm. online, and I was like, since when were they called the, the chromatics? chromatics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, before, though, we get to the Nine Inch Nails, yes. though, right? We we skipped over when they're digging it at Doppelkoop's body. Yeah. They d- dig out, I guess, this big black <laughs> head-looking bubble thing, and we see the first, man. the first of Whoever several appearances of Frank Silva's Bob. Yes. Is Wait, the face that was on the no. Bob? No, we looked at that like the... four times. That was, Bob came later. That was. I'm positive that was Bob. No, Bob man had a mustache. Or was it Man from Another Place? I thought it was. I thought it was the Man bubble. from Another Place. We ran well. Guys in guys in the chat. Guys in the chat. Back back somebody back a horse that in this race, kids. Yeah, we're gonna battle this out because I don't think it was Bob. I think me and Michael took about a legit six minutes. Yeah, that's why we were late tonight because we kept rewind. That was the part we rewound. Rewound the most. Well, it yeah. was Bob for sure later. Later. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, let's get into this July 16th, 1945, White Sands, New Mexico, 5.29 a.m. Got it. So this is <laughs> definitely two things. This is a tie-in both to that portrait of the mushroom cloud hanging in Gordon Cole's office in the previous episode, mm-hmm. but also to the secret history of Twin Peaks. And I'm rereading the book now, as I think I've mentioned on the show before, and I just got to the section where they start talking about Jack Parsons, the the noted the rocket scientist who was doing work on rocket science in the late 30s, early 40s at a time where people were like, rocket science, okay, sorcerer, go back to your tower. <laughs> but his work, his pioneering work, helped lead to a lot of the work that the United States military was doing uh, with, with weapons, including uh, large explosive devices in and around the Second World War. Uh, per the book, The Secret History of Twin Peaks, Jack Parsons was also into some weird shit. So I like this idea that we're tying it into that part of the mythology. We're blending magic and science in a way. Mm. I don't know what you guys took from this this sequence where we see this gorgeous black and white explosion, this, this mushroom cloud, but we enter the mushroom cloud, we enter the atomic explosion. And I almost read this as, are we seeing, it's not the birth of the mythology, because the mythology, per the book, goes back well before, I mean, at least to the discovery of the Pacific Northwest in America, and presumably far earlier than that. But are we seeing the birth of, of Bob, in a way? Like, we, we cut to that weird floating alien looking thing vomiting up some energy juice and it's the Bob bubble is in that as well are we seeing the birth of Bob Bob. as we understand him see okay that is when I saw Bob I did not see Bob I see people in the chat saying the first the first part that we were just talking about coming out of Dirty Dale or what was it inside of him Disappeared in that yes. little black. That they thought man. that was Bob too. I did not think that was Bob. No, I think this not. was a hundred percent Bob. Yeah. The explosion. Yeah, he and the, he came the bubble. The bubble. Oh, he oh, came in, in the Dale. bubble. In Dale. No, no I, I still maintain the that they're both Bob. Oh, okay. I've been. Okay. I've been waiting to see that mushroom cloud. Because Tell us about the mushroom. If you go to the Showtime's store and look at the Twin Peaks merchandise, there's a whole section that's just devoted to like David Lynch art, which is really really cool. And he's got this jute tote bag that is like a drawing that he's done of like Twin Peaks, and he's like handwritten like Twin Peaks 
and it's screen printed on the bag, but in the faint, faint, faint background, you can see a little mushroom cloud. And so I was, I've been waiting for that to pop up in the show somewhere. So I was really excited to see that. And I think yeah. this is getting to where you're, you're wanting it to but go what? with aliens. aliens. What is the significance between a bomb and it scientifically mm. creating Bob? I don't understand the tie. I almost wonder if, and again, this is this is now. I'm just wildly taking shots in the dark here, but it it could be, especially if you re, if you read the book, and it's like Jack Parsons was also into some weird, maybe metaphysical stuff as well. The human splitting the atom and creating something this destructive on this scale, I feel like you could argue maybe this is power that human beings are not necessarily meant to tamper with. And especially when we know that somehow the Black Lodge spirits are tied into electricity, the energy that you you need to harness to split the atom and create an atomic explosion, I imagine would rattle some stuff loose potentially some in a, in a world where all of this metaphysical stuff exists where these dark spirits exist i feel like you're gonna you're gonna shake some stuff loose by setting off an atomic explosion potentially sure, sure. it's like a old school particle accelerator yes <laughs> you know that's kind of the vibe i got I'm not even taking real life science into any of it at this point. <laughs> I, I don't think you should too much. I'm thinking that the, the, this explosion is not a real bomb situation. This is, I, I don't even know what, but it's in space. I think it's well, real. Well, I mean, historically speaking, I mean, the atomic testing did yeah. really yes. happen yeah. in 1945 and, in New Mexico. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, well, yes, we have that semi stemmed in what we're talking about, but it's gone so much beyond that, I don't even know how I can uh, tie it back. But again, New Mexico, the alien ties, and I just am continuing yes. to think that mm-hmm. this yes. is sure. this is uh, continuing to grow. And we also see that scene of the gas station, which I know all of us were hoping was not actually this random gas station, which with our hobo ghosts, I can't, the woodsman... <laughs> <laughs> I like I like hobo ghosts. I, yeah, I was one, I was thinking it was uh, Big Ed's gas farm. Yeah. Which yeah, and I was feeling that. Michael, as you were watching it, you go, just pan up, pan up. You know, yeah. I wanna see what's like what this really is. So I feel like that could be it because they didn't pan up, but they could also just be messing with us, as always. But again, it's a gas station, but the sign says convenience yeah. store. Mm-hmm. No, and I, I want them to pan up, because like in the mythology, we know now that some weird stuff goes on above these convenience stores. Well, it, it wouldn't be called Big Ed's Gas Farm, because Big Ed was not even old enough to own a gas farm right then. But <laughs> Big still, Ed was like I think a baby. it is the same gas station. Um, our friend in the chat, Brent, says humans should not have created these bombs and an evil spirit known as Bob emerged from it. <laughs> yes. Just maybe. Well, so my next uh, topic, usually they're very specific and organized, but this one is guy that killed the people protecting the box vomits up Bob. Golden balls. Like, what am I, what are my notes even? I'm sorry, but those are, that's all I, uh, that's all I got on that scene. Bob, golden balls. Lex, you take it from here. Well, no, so I, I read that as, and this is my best guess, but I think we did witness the birth of Bob as we have come to know Bob in the Twin Peaks mythology. And then pretty shortly after that, we cut to this ocean and this this island with a with a building on top of it. Before we move into this black and white, this uh, mm-hmm. monochromatic color scheme that we get for the rest of the episode, 
that whole ocean is the same ma maroon color as one of the rooms that I know Cooper has to pass through in episode mm -hmm. three to leave the lodge. But we get to this building on top where, and again, I, I thought about a razor head immediately where I thought, oh, we've got this lady, we've got some machinery. I had flashbacks to the lady in the radiator from a razor head. Yeah. But the giant is hanging out there too. And we see the phonograph and we see the same seats where the giant and Cooper had their first brief conversation at the very beginning of the yes. first episode. Now, I think maybe some people in the chat were speculating about this earlier, but is it possible that we saw the White Lodge in yes. this episode? I, when, sorry. Yes, I think that is absolutely <laughs> without a doubt the White Lodge. And if not the White Lodge, certainly then their equivalent of a waiting room, much in the way that the Red Room seems to be the waiting room for the Black Lodge. I think that's definitely ah. part of what we're seeing here. And will you guys, well, I, when, when Sam and I were watching, and I know Lisa kind of feels this way too, you all kind of felt like it was set in the past. And I don't really see anything that happens in the White Lodge or Black Lodge to really have any, time? any part of time. It seems like they're very like much they out of time. Yeah. But the costumes and the makeup look very 40s. It is a tip off to an, the audience to say, this is what we know, black and white, not present day. This is in the past. The makeup in the past. And I don't know if this is just to distract us or to tell us, give us a hint, this was technically... The thing is, is that I don't think time exists when yeah, you're not a human. in the lodges. Especially. In the lodges, or just in general. I just, well, if you're not a human on this world, like all the mythology, time doesn't really exist. Or certainly, right. if it does exist at all, it's definitely uh, uh, mutable or transferable, or it's, it, there are different permutations of time than we ex uh, experience in our reality. Like, we get that line in both Fire Walk With Me and also this new series where I think uh, Mike or the man from another place says, you know, is it future or is it past? Right. These places right. certainly have a different relationship with time than we do. Because when she is kissing that, uh, like, crystal orb that is, like, Laura, Laura Palmer. Yeah, we gotta talk about and this. And she's floating up in the air. Like, I don't necessarily... I think that she could be doing things in the past and he could be doing things in the future. I think they could be simultaneously, like... Well, How do you put that into a word? I think it it's all like, coexists. Like time is a weird, future. like a Mobius yeah. strip almost. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter to them. It. Uh, God, I think it. <laughs> I think that in a way, this entire show, it's one circle, and things keep on going around, and there's not necessarily. Um, a place in time, unless there's Twin Peaks, it's in the world, in America, that we're talking about. But all the other stuff is kind of just floating around, and we're just going yeah. in some kind of circle, or some kind of cycle. But as far as the Laura Palmer of it all, very fascinating. Gave us a lot of info I think we've been waiting for for a long time. I, I really do feel like if I could explain in detail what happened in this episode, it would basically unlock the entire Twin Peaks mythology. What, I want to know what you guys think happens after that ball drops on earth what do you think here's 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 my best you guess get sucked through the silver screen here's here's my <laughs> best the, guess yeah. right we see what i believe is the creation the birth of bob as we as we have come to know him and we see the giant uh and i love that he's still credited as a bunch of question marks because <laughs> because he is the giant he's he's the giant we've always known but like to be fair we don't know what the giant is we've never really known what the giant is he's but he's just, seen yeah. benevolent yes but he's just he's just the giant, whatever that means beyond that. But he witnesses this happening, he and his uh, lady friend. <laughs> and 
they see this bubble and like they freeze frame on the Bob bubble for a second. And it seems like, all right, well, we've got to we've got to address this. And we see the giant float up and birth another golden bubble. And of course, was reminded of not exactly the same type of ball, but the little golden ball that created Dougie, the original Dougie Jones that was replaced by Cooper. Uh, so these these golden balls, to one extent or another, are used in the creation of these other vessels. So they send this bubble that has Laura Palmer's face in it to Earth. And of course, now, before we even delve into what comes after and what, what that all might mean, so it seems like we see this, this evil being created, and that's the Bob bubble. And we know we have to create something that's going to counter this evil. We need to create something of... Uh, this is just how I read it. We have to create something of purity and send Laura it... Laura Palmer is to, like the opposite of like piety and purity. Agreed. Agreed. Now, I think I don't think everything went according to plan. <laughs> I don't know. I don't so see these like dots the connecting. I don't kind see of. This is the prequel to well, the what prequel. Do you guys, well, what do you think that ball meant? So we created something, right? We created so the idea was we would create something of purity. Now that doesn't mean that purity can't then be, be corrupted, tainted. tainted. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, how much do you want to jump around? Because then it's a question of we we do have another time jump from uh, forty five to fifty six. Yeah. Is it before we get there though? Real quick, uh, Lisa, will you read what uh, Cameron Holland said in the chat? His yeah. theory. It's yeah. kind of brilliant. Absolutely. The earthly events are a show, and the giant and the lady are its creators. Seeing his part of a show is what drove Cooper insane, and not the time spent away. Well, that last part, you know. Spent away. Spent away. Uh, Interesting theory. Not even sure I understand all of it, but I think that's in the right direction, possibly. I don't know. That the giant and this lady are creating whatever it is, and they're sending them onto Earth. This White Lodge, to me, it looks alien. Like, the construction of it. When we're zooming into it from the sea, and when we were zooming into the window, you were saying how the window kind of looked like a little slit from a wall socket. (laughs) Yeah. It has an Ed Wood feel to me, personally. Yes. You know? But yes, yes to everything everybody just said. There's definitely a connection between what we're seeing and the color scheme, I think, before we even got into that building, tipped it. But there's definitely a connection between what we're seeing here and what we saw in episode three. And I also absolutely think there is a connection to extraterrestrials of some kind because of how prominently they figure into the secret history of Twin Peaks and how even in the original series, Garland Briggs would talk about his work on Project Blue Book. Now, whether or not it actually indicates the presence of aliens as we typically understand aliens, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, extraterrestrials and UFO research is a big part of the backstory of this mythology. So there's definitely some connection there. Well, when I saw that ball go to Earth, I was hoping yeah. that it's Laura Palmer coming back to fix everything. Okay. Because she wow. told everyone, I'll see you in 25 years. If time doesn't mm. pass in the lodge, I just want, I want her to come back like a mm. doppelganger, like, which is your favorite, like, thing on earth is a doppelganger. <laughs> I want, and I was hoping Me and that that's what that means. Me had a text conversation back. for about an hour where I, uh, mm. just me and him, where I talked about doppelgangers to him and how I loved them and I want to have one. I don't, I don't want to believe <laughs> no. your pretty little liars theme, or, or your, your, your theory Well, I'm for super that. into doppelgangers. But I also think, too, what we were talking about, about how they, the idea was to maybe, maybe, to create something of purity. And maybe it wasn't, but it seems like this has something to do with the origin of 
Laura Palmer as well. What if it's not necessarily, what if they're playing the long game? It's not about creating, and of course, they're dropping this bubble into the 1940s. So it's not like it's a direct one-to-one to what we saw in the original series. But what if they're playing a very long game and as much as we create something ostensibly of purity, even if that purity gets corrupted, Laura Palmer has to be corrupted because she has to die because we have to get Cooper there because we need Cooper for this Mm. ultimate reckoning to defeat this evil. Again, I'm stab it's shots in the dark here i'm not on that let's train. give a shout out to uh <laughs> kelly telly in the chat mm, she has mm. some interesting thoughts uh she said i think the interesting thing is that the story began with the death of laura palmer and obviously this new season hasn't forgotten that so when you look back on this show from season one it's about a family that's devastated a town that's devastated by a killing of a young beautiful girl we, no one knew season one that any of this was really, until probably, I don't know, six episodes in, beyond it being a murder mystery. But it did start at a very specific time, and then Fire Walk With Me explained more of that. It is all about Laura Palmer. I yeah, just, I want to yeah. know what is so important about Laura Palmer. I wrote that down. I really want to know why her, why? Yeah. Like, what is it with her? I don't know. It all I know is that if I see that actress in LA walking around, I will pee my pants terrified. Shirley, yeah, I would yeah. Run. I will run and just I speak will speak backwards to her. I'll probably call you guys one of you and I'll cry and I'll be like, Oh my god, what's I would happening? just I would Can book you... it and over my shoulder be like, You're amazing and I would just keep running. Can you imagine the burden she carries just being Laura Palmer? It's oh like my god. You can't go anywhere without She just, just look like, at ah. people. She just look, you yeah. know, just stares at them. Yeah. So then we get back uh we go to nineteen fifty six, August fifth. New Mexico desert and we see this couple and let's talk about this couple for a little bit because (laughs) it's confusing and the way that they speak it's as though they are in the 50s. You're talking about the ones in the car? Yeah. Okay. So it's like they are in the 50s we're told they're in the 50s but again this time thing is throwing me off constantly. No wait, no, I think she's talking about the man and the woman that are driving the car. You're talking about the boy and the girl. Oh yeah, no I'm talking about the boy and the girl. Okay, okay. Uh, wait, which man and woman are you talking about? The ones about? where the they're ones driving. The ones with the zombie hobos. The, yeah, the got a light. The whole thing starts. Oh, okay. Wait. Well, let's go back to that then. Because did that happen before this? I I'm trying don't to think. Know. It's somewhere right around the same time. Yeah, well, because it, it all kind of is parallel and odd. So, I, so Michael, what did today. we see first? <laughs> because I feel like I kind of lost the ball for. Ah, <laughs> um, uh, drop it. The ball. Well, we, well, well, we see the. the um, what did I call it? I call it a frog fly hatch that out in the, in the Mexico desert. And then we first, before we see the couple walking home, we, we see the hobo zombie gypsy ghost attack the couple <laughs> in the car who has to dodge them and is just driving around. Apparently they were okay, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah probably not. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, we get to the couple. Yeah, okay, so then we get to the couple and there have been a lot of comments and theories about this creature. That, what is it, a bug? What this do we weird want to frog fly thing. Yeah. Frog fly, that's but good. But who do we decide, who do we think the couple is? So I have I way. have a theory on this, and it's dependent on making the connection between that egg that hatches and the golden ball. And I mm. think that's intentional because we do time jump off of the golden ball coming to Earth. So if, if the golden ball and the egg that hatches are one and the same... Mm-hmm. All right, go with me on this, you guys. Uh, <laughs> Here we I go. I think that that frog bug creature is 
is in a way Laura? is Laura Palmer. I'm giving you some and kind of I look right think, now. I, I kind of think agree with it. There is a chance, and this does seem to be one of the popular theories, not just in the chat, but I did a quick like check of the Reddit before I I jumped in here with you guys. The popular theory seems to be that this young girl and the age, 1956, I think the age would be correct, is a young Sarah Palmer. And this bug entering her is essentially Laura being created by the Lodge, giving herself a vessel through which to be born. I would think if it was going to be anyone, it would be Leland Palmer's parents. Could, which could also, that could also the be. one that... But I don't. I don't think like the ages more line connected up. to but, to Bob than Sarah. You guys, Sarah that, just kind of sees Bob sometimes, but like she's not really part of it. The, the only the only reason I lean towards Sarah is because of the ages. I think the Leland thing would make a ton of sense, but I'm not sure that the ages would line up. What if they're sorry? Sorry, I, I'm going to forget this in a second. I, I'm the same way. Go I'm going to forget this in a second. So, what if uh, that bug frog thing crawls into girls, kind of of every generation, and they become this conduit of Bob or whomever? But Laura Palmer was the first to be able to ward it off, in a way. That, you know, when they was <laughs> like when they blew the gold bubble of Laura Palmer onto the earth, uh, <laughs> that somehow she was special because she I don't think she's that egg. But it was her face. In the golden ball, but the in golden the, ball well, doesn't egg necessarily egg. have to be that egg. It, no, it, and it doesn't, doesn't right? Like be. my reading of it I don't think they're connected. Yeah, my reading of it is dependent on there being a direct connection, which is which is I'm inferring, but that's true. We don't explicitly state that they are one and the same. I think Laura Palmer's coming to the present day. Well, and I'd like to add that Sarah if that little girl is Sarah Palmer, she'd be awfully young to be having a baby at that age. A deep little doppelganger, mm-hmm. bug baby, whatever this thing is. But she doesn't bug necessarily baby. have to be having the baby now. It could uh-huh. be like, I now, this bug thing, I now have a host. So one right. day when she has a child, uh-huh. I, whatever, like a, a semi-conscious, semi-formed version of whatever will become Laura, I can then be born. But of course, Laura, once she's born, doesn't seem to be fully conscious of any of this at all. Mm-hmm. So it's she's special. I think she's special. Uh, Are you Mr. Know why e, is she special? Mr. E in the chat the says question. she was able to resist Bob. Like maybe she's the only generation of the girl that they picked that was able to resist Bob. And why is she special? I don't know, but the gold ball that produced her with that woman and she kissed it, that was Laura Palmer. Maybe this was like, you're my baby, you're going to save everything, and I'm going to send why, you out there. I don't know why you guys are giving Laura Palmer all this, like, <laughs> like, like, credit for being, like, like this good thing. Like, I think if she'd have lived long enough, she very well could have turned into Bob herself, but she didn't. Well, her dad I mean, was you guys Bob. say that she's... Yeah, but you, you say, like, oh, well, she was able to ward off Bob. I don't because think she warded off Bob, really. She died. Well, yeah, she didn't make it, but because but she didn't get taken over fully well, this, by Bob. Here's another question for you guys. Okay. Do you only end up in the Black Lodge upon death if you're killed by Bob? Hmm. Like, if, I know some people that are there aren't dead. They're right. more like spiritual beings. But that's true. Everybody that we see that yeah, is dead. I, do you have to die by Bob's hand to end up there? Mm-hmm. I 
God, I don't know. And someone just commented in the chat that Laura Palmer is Jesus confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, a shout WW. Out, yeah, uh, to the Nightman Cometh. Uh, thank you for that. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was but nice. yeah, uh, uh, Kelly Telly in the chat, too, points out that Laura, per fire walk with me, her final act is an act of defiance against Bob. It does yep. ultimately cost her her life. But it's it's that versus allowing herself to be possessed and become Bob's vessel. She does defy him. That does get her killed. But I think that's ultimately why I think in death, depends on how you read the ending of Fire Walk With Me, but I think in death, Laura finally finds peace. And it is because she is able to, in her final moments, defy Bob the way she does. Yeah, and in Fire Walk With Me, too, I might be making this up, but I feel like she had a conversation with Leland or somebody that, someone said that she's fighting it, that she can fight it. And that no one else really has. I don't know if that was in Fire Walk with Me or an episode. I know what you're of, talking about. Yeah, but it was. She was in a way special because she was struggling. It was hard to fight him, and he was coming in and out. But she was able to fight it off, as you know. And Leland, her father, it just was very easy, as I'm sure many other conduits that Bob has come into. It's just you know goes in and it's fine. But Laura really fought it. I thought I had, like, a little grip on this timeline of, like, now that we had seen the White Lodge, because everything was in black and white. I'm thinking, okay, so everything black and white's happening in the black, it's in the White, white Lodge. Lodge. But then we get these, this, these splash to, like, the 40s and 50s. Yes. And that's in black and white. So then I'm like... Right. Ah. I almost want to redo this entire after show. <laughs> after oh God, it's, it's over. So and we can all sit together for 18 hours and rewatch it. I'm going to make him rewatch that scene and show him that is not Oh, do you guys have any idea? I'm going to kidnap you <laughs> and <laughs> make you rewatch this who, with me. Who wants to put money on straight it? straight to the viewing station. <laughs> we'll, let's do it. Who wants to put money on it? No, um, we're going to go so, to a big TV where we can actually see things. <laughs> that's how I watched it, kids. Um, so, yeah. But what I think is amazing, too, is... This episode, more than any episode that we've seen so far from this show, and again, this is a bit more like what I was expecting we were going to get from the jump, it really is David Lynch and co. somewhat defying us to do our jobs on a show like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because this is so clearly not designed for the recap culture that has become so prevalent on the internet. And Amen. again, nobody is given carte blanche to do this on TV. Do you think he ever watches this? No. Never. I hope I so. Some if of the you crew do, hello. Seen some of the stuff. That'd be David. really funny. Yeah. And he's like, I got you guys. Uh, uh, lastly, let's talk about, what? I'm just calling him zombie guy. Do we even talk about Dale coming back to life? Where he just, he pops yeah. back. He pops back. He pops back. But I just want to make sure we cover this oh. zombie guy and, you know, Pop's diner. Yeah. Oh, and, and this just, is water and this is well. Drink full at his hand. The horse is the white of the eyes and dark within. Yes, and then he just keeps on going. So over and over so again. the the horse is this is the only part of this that I can make sense of. The horse of course is the the, the horse, horse of course. course of course of course. <laughs> Is the famous Mr. Ed? Is the white horse that we've been seeing? Big Ed. Is big, oh Stop. No. Oh okay, Connect the dots. Big Ed is the magic yeah, horse yes. confirmed. Oh my god, uh, he's the horse. Oh my gosh, stop it. Stop but, it. Uh, obviously, the oh white horse, thats it's a biblical reference. Of course, the pale horse symbolizes death. And in the original show, Sarah Palmer has visions of the white mm -hmm. horse before somebody and is about carpet. to die. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And carpet. the bloody carpet. Um, but so, of course, the white horse, the, the horse is the white of the eyes, the white horse, and dark within, because the white horse does symbolize death and darkness. The rest of this, I, I don't know. And everyone that listens to him over the radio I Did dies. they die, or did it's they like just they, pass out? Like well, hypnotized or fainted. I'm assuming from what Lex just said, they, they die. I don't know, though, because, now, again, this really does depend on how, for example, my theory 
if the rest of the show bears us out on this because if that was a young Sarah Palmer we know she doesn't die we know that they maybe got knocked out so we could use them as vessels of some kind but Mm -hmm. we only see one of these little bugs we we know whoever this girl is the bug is presumably picked her as a host for some purpose now maybe these other people were knocked out for similar reasons but we don't see what happens with them so I think the bug is Bob and that lady is Leland Palmer's Mother. Well, on that note, guys, we're running out of time. <laughs> Let's get into some very quick predictions. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, jeez. Ah! You're after Buzz TV. Predictions. Spooky. Spooky. All right, let's start with you, Michael. Me? Yeah, let's start with oh, you. Oh, my gosh. My uh, log has something to tell you. No, seriously, I really, really think, you guys, I think Sarah Palmer is coming to the present day, and I think that's what that was. I want to believe that. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. happen. All right. How about about you, Lisa? Lisa? Hold the log. Hold the log. Does it help? Mm, The log says, (laughs) I'm lost. Me too. (laughs) Um... I would say, I would say, regardless of how these specific threads that we brought up tonight are followed through on, I, I, we're not we're not done with the Palmer family, not Mm-mm. by a long shot. And no, I we think, haven't even seen them yet. But I think that this was, it's like here you go, you guys, and we're not we're off. I think this show is taking a break next week. It's the one week that that we're not getting a new episode until we wrap up. Yes. I believe so. So it's like, you guys now have a week. Chew on everything we just gave you, but this is basically your your big appetizer for A, now we're entering, going to be entering the second half Maybe of the Audrey season. Maybe Audrey Horn will freaking come back. And and it's like we're not done, we're not done with the Palmer. It's like watch this space, you guys, because this stuff is going to become real important in the back half. Yes, agree with that. All right, so I'm really ready for Audrey to come back. I've said this for the past maybe three to four weeks. I think that this episode is what kind of... So we saw these new characters this last eight episodes, and we're seeing this crazy stuff we don't understand now. Hopefully, after this, we are going to see the epi- uh, the characters we know and we love, and they're going to come back, is what I'm very... Especially Shelly. Shelly as well. Love Shelly. Those are my predictions. Thank you, Log. Uh, and thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you in two weeks. So in those two weeks, rewatch these episodes and tell us what you think. On that note, one more time, where can everyone find you on social media? Hey, everybody can find me at Lisa Mason Lee. And you can find me at Michael X. Shirley. I'm all over social media at the Lex Michael. And you guys can find me, Sam Davidson, at samdavidsonentertainment.com, Twitter and Instagram at samd43. Love us or hate us, guys. We're trying to break it down for you the best we can. And I'm sure you can't really do it much better, but we love you. So keep on commenting, and we're going to do this together. It's a group thing. Yeah, let's compare our notes. Yes. We'll see you in two weeks. (laughs) Bye, guys. Thank you. See ya. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.